have a unique ability to get mass exposure at your home. And they're also very loud and annoying. When you're ready to talk about your real estate journey with the guys, just go to rondonsitdown.com. Hey, you guys, what's going on? Welcome to episode 432 now of the Ron and Don Show. And heck yeah, we are live from the Les Schwab studio. What is up, Ron and Don Nation? Hey, thanks for letting us take a week off in the summer. We are back. Here we come hard charging. By the time you've heard this, Vince Scully, the voice of the Dodgers, uh, passed away a number of days ago. But even though he was the voice of baseball, you're not going to believe what he did for football. And that includes the Super Bowl and every Seahawk game you've ever been to. There's a specific thing that he did that benefits all of us on game day, and I can't wait to tell you about it. Also, coming up on the Ron and Don Show, her skirt was too short for the execution. (laughs) Before we get to that, though, let's get to this. I told you a couple weeks ago about finally getting out, mixing it up with humanity, going to a Kenny Chesney show. Maybe I shouldn't because after that, I got hit with the COVID. So nonetheless, that's why we're off a week. We are back. And uh, Ron, did you go out seeking COVID too? Or were you looking for uh, something that was reminiscent of a Kenny Chesney show? Because I have to say, just getting out there with humanity, with people with their masks off and singing and getting along, it was kind of a beautiful thing. In fact, Kenny Chesney sings a song called uh, get along, and we all sang it together uh, weeks ago so, at Lumen Field. Where uh, you? Been? I hope that I don't uh, get the COVID. I did just go to a concert, but th- uh, something happened at this concert that I, I need you to either pull me back off the ledge or agree with me that this may be one of the worst developments we're seeing in concert history. So it was the uh, it was at Climate Pledge Arena which they say is the most climate-friendly arena in the universe. Nice. That's the, the subtitle there when you walk through. It is a nice arena. I enjoy going there. I went to a couple of hockey games as well. So it's the train slash jewel slash blues traveler show. We met. We met. We've met we, blues we, traveler. We, we've met two. I've, I have met two of the three, and I've introduced two of the three. I think I've met all three of these because Patrick – uh, the lead singer of Train lives in Issaquah, so I've run into him a couple we times. We introduced about him. I don't know if you remember. Maybe you weren't there. I we did a morning Phoenix. show on 1047ZZ Arizona's hip music channel. Ron Don and Jackie Weston coming up. We got some Julio Iglesias. And Mambo number five, everybody. However you say that. Anyway, anyway, we introduced Train when they came through town. They were in an intimate setting of about 2,000 people. And the cool thing, back when we used to do Top 40 music, they used to do this thing before the band would sing at night just to get some promo during the day where they'd come down and they would sing for a couple station employees, a couple of the DJs, and then also a couple of our listeners too. They do kind of an intimate acoustic show and they were actually very good. Very good. Uh, Def Leppard, we introduced them at a time and the, and the band has this big resurgence where they're filling up stadiums. We introduced them back in Phoenix where there would be 15 people that come to the show and the guys hated each other. They had all just come off of doing drugs. They were all in therapy, but they could not get along. And the keyboardist would not talk to the lead singer, for instance. What was interesting, though, is is I, I think they're kind of, 
I think they're kind of stuck with each other and they're back together and they're getting along and therapy has worked out and they stopped doing drugs and they're touring and and now there's 15,000 people showing up for them, which is really cool. And then Blues Traveler, we introduced in Grand Rapids. And uh, in fact, I think they came to the radio station and didn't you get the lead singer? I think his name is John. Didn't you get one of his harmonicas? John Popper gave me a harmonica. We also introduced them. Uh, we did a private show in San Francisco with Blues Traveler. Yeah. So anyways, I, I like all Those three. Guys are cool. John Popper's hilarious. They are cool, cool, cool. So yeah. I, I like all three of these artists. But he, he, now here's the thing. And I want to have a disclaimer. I am trying not to be the old man get off my lawn. But you, and you have to give me enough lead way to explain what happened. You don't even have a lawn, do you? So I don't have a lawn. Yeah. So Jewel is out there. She's going going through her set um she does the thing where she wants to play her new record nobody cares about the new record but whatever yeah. like that's part of going to one of these shows so in, in the in the toward the tail end of the show she's gonna do one of her bigger songs she stops everything hmm. and she brings out her 10 year old kid yeah maybe he's 11 like a, a relatively small kid and she thinks that he is a great drummer and so the drummer, who's a professional drummer, gets off the drum throne, hands the, the she, he takes out brushes. That's how good of a drummer he is. He's going to take out the brushes and he's going to play along to a jewel hit. I love it. And so here's where I want to be kind. Tim and Faith used the brushes. You listen to a lot of his songs. It's a lot of, it's a lot of brush work. I do not think this it's is very, the kid's fault. To, to be a subtle drum player, boy, it's, it, it, it's very, it's it's hard. It is very very subtle, and it's it, it has its roots in jazz. I am all, not blaming yeah. this on the the kid because I don't think this is his fault. He cannot play the drums. What's his name? I don't even remember the Let's name. Let's call him Aiden or Ruben because every kid right. today that my Aiden. son's class, their name is Aiden or Ruben. And Ruben the other day, I said, "Hey, Ruben, he was over. Do you want a Ruben sandwich? Never heard of a Ruben sandwich. I called him Rube. He thought that was rude." I agree. Yeah. So Aiden sits down at the kit. He cannot find the beat anywhere. Oh boy! And so he goes. Where are the go go's? They got. So it is just cringy, and half of the people in the audience are sort of with me that they're super cringy, and the other half are applauding this kid like it's the second coming of Neil Peart. Is she singing or is he doing a solo brush? No, he's trying to play along with it's one of her biggest hits oh wow okay and so then they finish the song yeah uh and i'm just my skin is crawling he comes over and now they're gonna sing a duet acapella wow so they launch into some swedish nursery rhyme that he knew growing up yeah and they kind of are in tune and then he leaves and so I'm just like, oh, my God, what just happened? Now, flash forward to the train set. Train's the headliner. They're bringing the hits, man. Sweet Virginia or Meet Virginia and yeah. Drops of Jupiter. Good, Virginia. Hey, Soul Sister. Like, Take me home, Virginia. We're doing the whole the whole thing. They God's sound great. name is Virginia. Yeah. And uh, so now we get to the middle of train set. He says, hey, I've, spent, I've lived in Isquah for 20 years. Love it up here. This is great. Thanks. This is sort of a semi-homecoming for me. Thanks for coming out tonight. About like they closed off the upper bowl, so maybe there's seven, 8,000 people in the climate change. What do you mean they closed it off? They re- they did not sell enough tickets to open the upper level. That's right. And so then Wow. He, for that, you only get 7,000 people for that crew? May, maybe 8,000. I don't know. Like wow. whatever the lower so bowl is. So it's half is. full. 
Yeah, about a half full, two thirds full. So oh. now Pat from the trains like, hey, I would like to bring out my thirteen year old. Wow, we're gonna do a duet. Wow. So th- and again, I'm not blaming the thirteen year old. Mm. Lovely teenage girl. She comes out. I mean, she was very nervous. You could tell. She's looking at the monitor with the the teleprompter and everything. She's oh, fine. Wow. Like both of these youngsters, it would have been really you, good dude, for dude, dude. You said youngsters. I know both of these oh children of of the of the bands. It would have it it would have been fine for like a we're doing um an auction for my school and my dad came to sing and I'm going to do a duet with him. It's sort of that caliber yeah. of of ability. Yeah. The crowd though is cheering. In leading these kids to believe that they can do this thing yeah, that their parents can do, do. I would do it too. I would and do so it. am yeah. I wrong in this? I was I mean, it makes my skin crawl thinking about you know, it now. You know who you should blame? Oh did you read did you read or listen to Dave Girl's book Storyteller? I did. I've listened to him and I've so he has, his daughter comes out. His daughter has, can has, actually hang on, sing. Hang on. He has three daughters and they are all musical and one plays the drums and then another one sings and another one's a singer songwriter. And what's interesting is he talks about it in the book how he's really touched one day when his daughter came to him and had picked up his sticks and said, Daddy, I want to learn to play the drums. And he looked at her and he's like, so you want me to be your teacher? And she was like, yes. And, and so before he put those kids on stage, they played for years and years and years with him. So when they get up there, they bring something new to the stage that is really terrific. And the reason that he does it is because he said there's so many kids out there. One of the things that that has happened in this country is when we started in public schooling, when we started cutting back on things, and especially when we had to start feeding more kids, that money had to come from somewhere. Where where it came is in, in my son's school in sixth grade, he had P.E., the first like half of the year and it was only one time a week. So there's barely any movement going on. And then the other thing that they do, the, 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 the band instructor had to announce at their last recital that all the stringed instruments were going away because they couldn't fund it anymore. So you had all these kids up there playing and some of them in sixth, seventh grade. So they're going to be at this middle school till eighth. And they have nowhere to go to play their, you know, their stand up bass or their violin or their fiddle. Uh, or any of that. And so that's the reason why he does it because he wants to expose more kids to rock and roll and just get them rocking again. And, so. and his daughter is a legitimate singer. Like if you look and, her up on sign, like she has the talent to sing these kids. If, but, if, he, if you but, can he, play, but, but he brings up kids all the time from around the world when he travels. Cause there, there's one girl, for instance, they, what, what kids will do is they'll go on and they'll challenge him to a drum off and then he'll bring yeah, them up on Nandy, stage. Nandy. You know, he's a great drummer. You know why he does it? He, he does it because he wants he wants young kids to play music, but he also does it because the YouTube clicks. He is getting exposure sure. to this band called the Foo Fighters with guys that are in their 50s. One of your great band members just died from an overdose, and yet he has kids now interested in that band that are showing droves. Of course. I guarantee you that's why Train and Jewel are doing that. I guarantee uh. it. For the for the for the for the YouTube, I, I, I just feel bad for the kids. I feel bad for the audience that feels like they need to applaud that. My son was here. I'd bring him in right now, Ron, and I'd have him play his trumpet, row 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 your boat for an hour, and I would love it, and you would hate it, and it's just it's it's a parent thing, and it's because you can't. 
It's it's because you can't. All right. I guess yeah. I guess it's just because you anyway, can't. Anyway, I'm, I'm going to plant you a lawn so you can tell people to get off it. Yeah. Anyway, don't go anywhere. We'll be back on the other side of this. Attorney Ann Fitzpatrick needed to move to Tacoma for family reasons and turned to Ron and Don for help. The market was tight, but Ann spotted what could be the perfect house. It was Thanksgiving Day, though, so she emailed the guys and told them, hey, don't worry about it until tomorrow. And of course, they ignored what I said about don't work on Thanksgiving. And we immediately got in with an inspector the very next morning, uh, you know, immediately started strategizing. Ron and Don told them there'd be plenty of competition and a fierce bidding war. So instead of waiting, they came up with a strategy to put on the full court press and make an early offer to convince the seller to go with Ann. We actually managed to scoop up this house before anybody else had a chance. So if you're looking to buy in such a tight market anywhere around the sound, you need a team on your side with deep expertise, creativity, and tireless dedication to their clients 24-7, even on holidays. And it all starts with a Ron and Don sit-down at ronanddonsitdown.com. Whether you've tuned in for the radio show or the real estate business, you're in for one heck of a show. All right, you guys, welcome back uh, to the Ron and Don Show. I remember when I lived in Los Angeles, and I didn't have a lot of money. I'd scrape together a couple What a dollars. great apartment. Can we just talk about how great your apartment was? Yeah, let's Only talk a about couple it. of dead bodies on, the, on yeah. the park across the street. I lived in South Central LA, right across the street from Echo Park. I hear now, because I've never been back. I left LA, I think, when I was in my early 20s to come to the University of Washington here. I, I have never looked back. I've never been back to the city. We lived in really cool cities in our radio career from... Phoenix, Dallas, New Orleans, Grand Rapids. I've lived in Chicago. I lived in Albuquerque. We've lived in L.A., San Francisco, Seattle, all, all over the place. And I, I, the only place I don't miss is I, do, I do not miss Los Angeles. Well, I at think all. it was also really smart to have a bright red truck right in the heart of Crip Country. Yeah, really good move out of you. On only that got front. only got stolen and stripped eleven times. So I always got it back. Yeah, I just always got a fact. So anyway, uh, with this said, um, I used to live just a few miles from Dodger Stadium. And I would go to Dodger Stadium. And what was really cool is you would take your your radio with you, your little transistor radio. And you'd listen to a guy named Vin Scully on the radio while you were watching the Dodgers play. And I fell in love with the Dodgers. And Ron, I don't know if you did as well. I think you're... The, the Dodgers had a triple-A baseball team at the time in Albuquerque where I went to junior high and high school. They were called the Albuquerque Dukes. Did you want to sing the song? I don't feel like we need to do it right now, but my brother was the bat boy the for Dukes the Dukes. The Dukes are coming out, coming out, swinging. Hit them all the way. The Dukes are coming out, coming out, Hustle. swinging. Come on, Dukes, play ball. Yeah, it's you a, don't it's want a to great look. It's a great I'll song. I'll do it with you. You want to? I'm fine. If Jules' son was here, she would do it. Yeah, he would do it. He, he could play the drums. Yeah, and he could play along with and, the... And with Train's the, daughter could sing yeah. Anyway, what harmony. was really cool, and this is when I, I remember going, and the way that you would get uh, players' signatures is you would bring them chewing tobacco or you would bring them uh, bubble gum and so, or sunflower seeds. And so I got signatures from Orr Hershiser when he was a the pitcher there, when the Bulldogs started there. A guy like Candy Maldonado, and it's really crazy because I think his son plays in the big leagues now. The Sachs brothers uh, played there and were really great, and I could go on and on. And what was cool is watching them play in Albuquerque, then moving to L.A. and watching all these same players play and then listening to Vin Scully. So you know, uh, as you're listening to this, probably a week and a half ago, Vin Scully passed away. 
Uh, he retired when he was 88. He was the voice of the Dodgers for well over 60 years. He moved with the team in the 50s uh, from Brooklyn all the way to L.A. And what is really interesting about him is not only did he do Dodger baseball, and he loved to work alone and have people come up and, and visit, but today you have two or three guys in a box, and with Vin Scully, it was just Vin Scully in the audience. And that's why I think we felt such a connection to him because we, we felt like he was talking to us. In some ways, I think he was. He, he had gone to some football games and had noticed that when he would attend these football games, that people got really nervous about going to the bathroom. And the reason they didn't want to go to the bathroom is because they felt like they were going to miss some of the action. And so in one of the very first Super Bowls of the 80s, I think it was 1980, I think, I think it was 83, 84, if you go back and look. Vince Scully had the idea, and he was doing the NFC Championship game. He said, why don't we make sure that in all the bathrooms where we're going to be playing championship games in the Super Bowl, that we wire it for sound so people can hear the play-by-play announcer. So it's true. If you go to a Seahawk game, you don't necessarily mind getting up in the third quarter when you really gots to go, and then you want to maybe pick up a, another beer or a bottle of water or snack or whatever. Because when you go into the men's room, and I'm sure it's this way in the women's room, I've been in there, uh, but when you go into the men's room, the game is on speaker and it's playing. He also had the idea to make sure that the game was not only playing in the concourse, uh, but also that they added TVs in the concourse so people could continue to enjoy the game and there wasn't this mad rush at halftime. So now when you go to a baseball game or you go to a football game, you hear that play-by-play voice in the stadium. That was all because of Vin Scully. I, I didn't know that, but I, I think if you think about even like a guy like a Dave Niehaus, you, you and I had the pleasure of meeting Dave multiple times. You, t- Dave Niehaus, Rick Riz, everybody, name drop, name drop, name drop, everybody name that drop, you would drop. think, all drop, of them drop. point to Vin Scully. And they say, I wanted to be Vin Scully. The way he delivered a game, uh, the way, just the quality well, of his Dave voice. Nie- Dave Niehaus told you, I don't. I hardly remember meeting Dave Niehaus. I think maybe we met him, but maybe not. But you remember maybe you're thinking of Rick Riz. But now you're saying that you had a conversation with Dave Niehaus. Yes, and he told you that he wanted to be yes. Ben Scully someday, and he wanted a statue of himself at the ballpark. <laughs> Those two things. I think Vin, Vin boy, Scully, when Dave, boy, when Dave was around, could he play the brushes? Vin Scully, <laughs> his, his contribution to, I think, calling baseball is is unparalleled. I mean, it, it does include the stuff that you mentioned, but I think just in the way that we consume baseball on the radio in America, that him and, and Joe Buck's dad, uh, Joe Buck, uh, in St. Louis, like those were the two guys that sort of crystallized how a baseball game in the major league should be called. Yeah, and I and I have to say... Sometimes you go to a market and you and you hear guys doing baseball and you're like, because you know you're stuck with them because they don't leave. They don't go anywhere. They can't do anything else, right? And so some of these teams will hang on to some of these broadcasters that kind of quit working 15, 20 years ago, and it's a little painful. I have to say Warren Moon, for instance, I did not enjoy him on the broadcast ever with the Seattle Seahawks because he never did his homework. 
And if you saw Warren, he was always out after the game, hanging out with most of the Seagulls. Because he could, because you're Warren Moon and good for him. And it doesn't take away anything that he did. He's the only black quarterback in the National Football League. He, He was the first black player that wanted to play in the SEC and the 70s, and they wouldn't hire him. So Don James said, I'll bring you here to the University of Washington, and you'll be one of the first great black quarterbacks in the country. And then after that, he couldn't find a job in the NFL, so he had to go to the CFL for seven years. So so what he did as an athlete, it's pretty extraordinary, but he didn't, he didn't spend any time getting to know any of the other athletes. When you listen to him do the play-by-play, you could tell that he didn't know who any of the players were, especially in the pregame. And then NBC, ABC, all of them tried to put him in the studio. They tried to put him on national game numbers of time, a number of times. And he was just horrible. So anyway, he got himself in trouble. So he got fired from the local broadcast. And I have to say, thank God, because he was pretty horrible. And, and sometimes in some of these local broadcasts, you get Tom Flores was the same way with the Raiders. Oof. Horrible. A great human, a great coach. Some incredible things in the National Football League, especially when you look at his background, what he did as a coach and what he did as a player. As a broadcaster, absolutely horrible and got worse with every broadcast because, again, he didn't know anyone. He was Tom Flores. He wasn't going to walk around the locker room and snap guys with a towel and get to know them. That's what Vin Scully did. He went into the locker room during shower time. He snapped guys with a towel and he got to know them. And he could really play the brushes. Him and Dave Niehaus had a band. We will see you on the other side of this. All right, you guys, Ron and Don here with uh, Mitch Not Loans, one of the great advertisers here on the Ron and Don podcast. This is unique. We had a couple listeners that reached out to Ron and said, hey, we'd like uh, you guys to sell our home out here in Snoqualmie. And then we have a couple listeners that listened to this podcast that wanted to buy that home. So our buyers and sellers were part of the Ron and Don Nation. And guess what the buyer did who listens to the podcast? They reached out to you in order to get the financing done. So everybody in this transaction was part of the Ron and Don Nation. That was pretty cool, wasn't it? It was really cool. It was great. Yeah, no, um, I had a client reach out to me and I didn't actually hear at first where, where he was calling from. And he said, no, I heard you on the podcast. I'm part of Ron and Don Nation. Let's save some money. And so we worked with him, um, and then it turned out the house that he fell in love with was a Ron and Don listed home, which was just great. That is super cool. It was a very smooth close as well. Everybody's extremely happy with that deal. So if you listen to this show, the other real estate agent also in the Ron and Don Nation, so that was pretty cool. Go to Mitch.Loans. Mitch will do a Zoom with you. You'll do a phone call, talk about your goals, whether it's purchasing a new house or a second house, a vacation house. He's got you covered. Go to Mitch.Loans and ask him, how do I get that one half percent back uh, towards my deal? Mitch.Loans. All right, guys, welcome back to the Ron and Don Show. And I just did this for a friend of mine. She was looking to buy a piece of property. And she, I said, let's do a sit down. And she's been very busy traveling, so we didn't do a sit-down. And then she saw a property, and guess what? She didn't talk to Mitch, so financially she wasn't ready to go. She didn't do a sit-down, so we didn't know strategically what her leverage points were. And the property of her dreams fell just right through her hands. So this week, I said, hey, you know what? Let's retool. 
I'm going to send you a Ron and Don buyer's playbook. Please read the playbook. Then what we're going to do is have a virtual sit down. We'll take about 30 minutes together. We'll find out what your leverage points are, what your strategy is. And then when the next property pops up and she she is hunting property right now in, in places like North Bend or Granite Falls, I said, we'll be ready to go. Ron, it's, it's, it, it, there's a method to kind of our madness. It's really important that people sit down with us first if they want us to be their realtor because the bottom line is this. We see it all the time. Properties come along and it's a property you just got to have and somebody comes in that already did the work, has already sat down with another realtor, knew their leverage points, knew how much they could spend, how much money they could put down. They had all their financing together. They were underwritten by the loaning institution. And those the, you, 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 can, you can go ahead and not be pre-qualified and go ahead and write on a deal, and somebody else then comes along and they scoop that deal up, right? I cannot emphasize enough how good of a time comparatively this is to be a buyer right now in the Pacific Northwest. We have just spent multiple years and years and years of buyers getting taken to the woodshed and absolutely run over by a seller's market that it's not completely reversed itself and like you said if it's a really great prime property it gets scooped up pretty quickly but right now we i'm having a lot of success with buyers but like you said you have to be ready to go and the number one thing i'm hearing now from people is how do i get the timing exactly right and how big of a deal is it to pay more interest on my note? And maybe I'll let you answer those first before I jump in. But guys, how- the interest rate thing, the, the interest rate argument, I, I love it if you're a buyer because what it has done is it sent people running because they're like, money is, is so much more expensive. The Fed just hiked the rate. Well, the Fed hiked the rate and the rate actually came down because you have to understand what the Fed is doing right now, right? And they aren't out buying bonds. They're just not buying bonds anymore, right? So that is different. And interest rates are going to fluctuate, but in about 18 months, they're going to go back down. So think about this. Let's say we have a million-dollar house you're going to buy. Would you rather go out and pay a million dollars or maybe even a little less for that house right now rather than getting in a scuffle with someone and paying a million two? Because that's what was happening. A million dollar house is going for a million two or a million three. Well, now the million dollar house is going for a million bucks, or maybe it's going for nine fifty, or maybe it's going for a little over a million. But it's right in there. So you're buying the house for less. Your finances, uh, your financing costs a little bit more. But once you secure the house, and let's say you have a five percent interest rate, in eighteen months, when the interest rates come down, you're going to refinance that house. So not only did you benefit and you you bought that house and got a screaming deal on it in a market that is uh, correcting right now, but then you're able in 18 months from now to go get the 2.5% interest rate. It's so, so funny that you bring that up. People were willing to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars to compete, right. and now they <laughs> might be having to spend several thousand or maybe ten thousand dollars uh in interest and they're like nope i'd rather spend 200 grand i know to escalate the price people don't get it and and read about interest rates what the fed is actually doing and then what they're not doing and that's that's what we talk about in the sit down and then the timing thing i'm getting this question on timing all the time the timing question and this is not meant to sound trite the timing question is is it time for you 
It's impossible for, if anyone tells you they can time the market, they're liars. Except for me. I always time it perfectly. I really uh, do. I do. What time is it? Yep. That's exactly what I thought. Uh, hey, uh, real quick, before I get to this final story, how can people reach out to us and, and, and do a sit down? Uh, you can email me, ron at ronanddon.com. Or just go to the website, ronadonsitdown.com, and book a sit-down. Let's yeah. buy something. Yeah. Before we get out of here, I didn't know if you knew that executions are still going on. And, of course, they're going on in Alabama. I spent some time in Alabama. So I saw this story. I went, yeah, it sounds like an Alabama story. Uh, I'm just going to read this verbatim and see if you think there's anything wrong here. Uh, and I have to congratulate this reporter for kind of hanging in there. Uh, she's a local reporter in Alabama. Let me just read it. This is from the the uh, Alabama Gazette. It says, when a reporter arrived to cover an execution in Alabama, the last thing she expected to hear was that her skirt was too short. Ivana Haraka Shatara was told by a representative of the Alabama Department of Corrections that she was dressed inappropriately. She tweeted afterwards, I have worn this skirt to prior executions. My execution wow. skirt. I'm not I laughing have worn at the execution. skirt to prior executions without incident, to work, to professional events, and so much more. I believe it's more than appropriate. And then, and then, this is sad to me that she has to explain this. I'm five foot seven, and then I'm five foot ten in my heels. I'm a tall and long-legged person. I tried to pull my skirt to my hips to make the skirt longer, but was told it was still not appropriate. Uh, she borrowed a pair of waders from a photographer, which she put on under her skirt to cover her legs, but then was told that her open-toed heels were too revealing and that she needed to change her shoes. Fortunately, she had a new pair of tennis shoes in her car, uh, and then she went on to say, despite wearing a pair of waders from a man I had never met and casual tennis shoes, I continued to do my job. Uh, this was an unfortunate situation. I felt embarrassed to have my body and close questions in front of a room of people. I had mostly never met. I sat down. I tried to stop blushing. I did my job as women often have to do. And then they went on and they killed Joe Nathan James, 49, executed by lethal injection. And this tough reporter just wanted to let you know that she was there. And then right after that, she went fishing. How about that? Hey, you guys, thanks for listening to the Ron and Don Show. He's Ron, I'm Don. If you need to get in touch with us and we need to sit down, what do we do? Uh, you can email me, ron at ronanddon.com. Go to the website, ronanddonsitdown.com. Let's jump in and get a plan. Yeah. All right. If you need to get in touch with me, don at ronanddon.com. Don O'Neill on Facebook, Don O'Neill 34 on Instagram, you guys. Yeah. And if you need the newsletter, we send it out oh, about three times a month. Uh, just write us, ronadonsitdown.com. Send us a note. We'll send you the newsletter. Thousands of people have done it. It's a good way to stay in touch with us. And we don't sell your information. Okay? As Ron said, still a really good time to sell. We're going to tune your house up and get it ready. we got a great listing on Woodby Island right now. You guys that we love. We just sold a great place in Mill Creek. And then we have a couple more coming on. In fact, I can tell you about it. Uh, we have a beautiful home coming on Des Moines, so ask us about that. You can reach out. And then also a really cool house that we've done a lot of work on for the past four months up in Green Lake. In fact, you walk right out the door, and you're just a block away from Green Lake and all the coolness that it has to offer. And this thing has a mega double car garage and shop 
So if you're looking for a husband land, boyfriend land, girlfriend land, whatever it is, place for your boat, your RVs, work on your cars or whatever, this thing is cool. So uh, reach out to us at runitonsitdown.com and we'll go show you one of those today. All right, head up, shoulders back. We'll see you next time. You're listening to the Ron and Don Show. Allay! On the Ron and Don Radio Network. Now keep your head up and your shoulders back and keep blowing that trumpet and we'll see you next time. Only! 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 On the Ron and Don Radio Network.